What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Report with Ryan. Thank you all so much for being here. Today, me and Bob recapped March Madness for the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. We also gave predictions for the Final Four and the Championship. Final Four is on Saturday, and the Championship is on Monday. I'm super excited to see how all these games play out, and I hope you guys can enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, and today I have Bob here, and we're going to go over the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, and also some predictions for the upcoming games in the March Madness NC2A tournament. Bob, thanks for being here. Well, I appreciate the invite because um, I probably wouldn't have invited me. I said there could be an all-Big Ten Final Four, and they're not around anymore. (laughs) So I appreciate the second chance. Yeah. Well, sometimes things happen and you can't tell exactly how you're going to do in the bracket, but that's okay. So the first game that was in the Sweet 16 was number 11, UCLA, over number 2, Alabama. UCLA won 88-78. to um, <clears throat> Bob, what did you think of this game? I thought it was a great game. Um, I'm very impressed with UCLA. And I'm very impressed with the Pac-12 and the West Coast and everybody west of the Mississippi. This is the first time the east of the Mississippi's gone. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I guess what kind of um, bothers me, but it does make sense, is that the major networks, they show the Big East, they show the Big Ten, they show the ACC, they show the SEC. Nobody on the East Coast watches the West Coast because they all go to bed at night. Yeah. So um, maybe next year we'll get a – you know, I guess we, I don't know if we need too much more because the West Coast was all high seeds, a lot of them, Oregon State, UCLA. Um, you know, even USC is a six. So if you look at that, you know, obviously they did not have the respect, but they, they beat higher-seeded teams. So maybe it doesn't matter where you're seated, but um, I got to think next year they'll get a little more respect. Yeah, hopefully, because we're on the uh, the West Coast here, and so we're used to watching all these teams, and a lot of people didn't think they were going to do that good. But now you have UCLA in the Final Four, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. So back to that UCLA-Alabama game, UCLA had three more three-pointers and then nine more uh, free throws than Alabama. And Alabama also had 14 turnovers, and UCLA only had seven. And then UCLA's top uh, scoring was uh, their number one guard, so number one, and then their guard, and the number four guard, who's also a forward, each had 17 points. So those two players had 17 points, if that makes sense. So UCLA beat Alabama in the Sweet 16. Yeah, so they moved on to the Elite Eight, and we'll talk about that game in a little bit. So the next upset. I got one more thing to say about that game, too. Because okay. um, for those of you out there who don't know, I, I've coached high school basketball for 21 years. That game would have drove me crazy if I was the Alabama coach. They missed 15 foul shots. Wow. And they went to overtime. So, you know, all they had, if they would have made their foul shots, it would have been goodbye Bruins. And, um, you know, as a coach, we just shoot them, shoot them, shoot them, shoot them. But for some reason, sometimes even really good teams, you know, they kind of lay an egg at the foul line in the tournament. But they just hit 50% of their foul shots. They probably win the game by about six or eight. Yeah, that was interesting. The foul shots were definitely played into the UCLA winning. 
Um, so the next game and the next upset we're going to talk about is also in the Sweet 16, two teams that upsetted multiple teams. Oregon State, number 12 seed, they upsetted, um, looks like Oklahoma State and Tennessee. Tennessee, Tennessee. okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And then, so they played number eight, Loyal Chicago, who's beaten Illinois and Georgia, Georgetown, which is not as well. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Okay, yeah. my bad. Um, so this game, Oregon State won sixty-five to fifty-eight. Uh, Ethan Thompson, their leading guard, had twenty-two points for the Oregon State Beavers. Loyal Chicago shot ten more threes than Oregon State, but they had the same. They made the same threes. So Oregon State shot five, five threes out of 13 threes, but Loyola sh- shot five threes out of 23 threes. <laughs> wow. So that was a big difference. So, Bob, what was the takeaway that you saw from this game? Well, I thought that uh, obviously Oregon State's been playing you know, out of their minds, and um, congratulations to them. And I, I think the one big key in that game was um, the post players for Oregon State really did a great job on the the lefty um, post player on Loyola. You know, he had he had a huge game against Illinois. He came yeah. out and had like, you know, the first six points and just had a great game. And, uh, you know, the seven-footer for Oregon State, um, Ortiz, I think it is. Is that his last name? Um, I think so. Anyway, I just thought their, their big man, stopping that big man I thought was the difference because obviously, you know, they laid an egg from three-point range because they had to shoot him because the guy inside couldn't get nothing. Yeah, their center for Loyola Chicago, like you said, played really well against Illinois, but then kind of went cold and they shut him down. And that was kind of their key to winning that game. So Oregon State won over – so 12-seed Oregon State won over number 8-seed Loyola Chicago. The next upset is in the Elite Eight. The only Elite Eight upset – was again UCLA over Michigan this time. UCLA is a 11 seed and Michigan is a one seed. This was down to the wire. Bob, what were some takeaways you had for this game? Well, I thought that um, UCLA was a lot tougher inside than people thought. I think everybody thought the Michigan big men were going to have their time um, with UCLA. But you got to remember the the lefty, uh, the big seven footer for Michigan. He's a freshman. So, you know, that, that he's never been here before. Yeah. And I, I just think that uh, Johnny J, man, he just came out and he was on fire. And, um, you know, he's the X factor. If he keeps playing like that, uh, they'll give Gonzaga a game. Yeah, they, he, uh, he has. So the guard on UCLA, number three, had 28 points. Um, and that was the most points out of all um, both teams and all players. And so the stats were pretty similar. There really wasn't anything that jumped out to me because UCLA only won to 51 to 49. So super close game, like I said. One thing that I thought, though, was down the stretch, there was just like six seconds left, I believe. And one of the mission guys shot a three, missed it. It went out of bounds. They have 0.5 seconds left. They pass it to this guy. He shoots it. And then he misses the three. So they had two opportunities Mm -hmm. that they did not capitalize on. And, like, threes moving around is hard to hit. But you got two chances. So it's kind of, like, it's kind of tough because you don't know exactly how it would have been if, like, he was standing still because he could have made it, but he could have missed it as well. So 
I thought that was a little bit interesting. Yeah, so you, I'm sorry, but so UCLA is in the Final Four now. You can go, Bob. Oh, I was just going to tell you that you know, because I coach, I I kind of watch what coaches do, and I think everybody does that, whether you coach or or don't coach. But one of the I thought the one of the biggest keys to that game in the second half was that Michigan only had four fouls. In fact, they never got UCLA to the bonus. You know, um, Phil Martelli is Juwan Howard's assistant coach. He was a longtime coach at St. Joseph's. He was a great coach, and I'm sure he's helped out Juwan Howard a lot. But the reality is, you got to start smacking people with about five minutes to go. You got to get up in their face. You got to, you know, maybe foul them, and you might get away with it. But you got to have them. They could have sent UCLA to the line. You know, with that game being so close, they could have started sending them to the line with a minute and a half to go, and maybe try to get, you know, a three for a two. But they, you know, they didn't. They couldn't stop the clock. So I don't. No. I was really upset with how that happened. If I was a Michigan fan, I'd be annoyed. Yeah, that was a interesting game to watch. It came right down to the wire. So now we're in the final four. The teams are number one seed Gonzaga, number eleven seed UCLA, number one seed Baylor, and number two seed Houston. So Gonzaga is playing UCLA on Saturday. So that's going to be super fun to watch. Bob, what is your prediction for this game? Well, I'm not a huge Gonzaga fan, but they've looked so good. And, you know, they got to win two more games. You know, maybe they won't be quite as hot as they've been. Although um, Respert didn't have a real great three-point shooting game the other night. I, I think the whole key to the game is is how the game starts. UCLA can't do what USC did. You know, they've no. got they've got to either play even or jump out on top in the first 10 minutes. And... Um, one thing about Gonzaga, they're not going to look beyond UCLA because one of the things all they've heard for the last 10 years is, you know what, if you're in the Pac-12, you wouldn't be have as good a record. You wouldn't be winning the league every year. That's all they've heard. So yeah. now what's happened? They beat number six USC, and now they're playing another Pac-12 school, UCLA. So I'm sure that the Gonzaga people just want to totally just kick them. So um, <laughs> my hope is that, that that UCLA at least gives them a game, but I got to think Gonzaga is going to be very tough. So I think Gonzaga is going to win also, but some of their stats from their last game against USC, which wasn't a um, incredible game because uh, Gonzaga just played well and UCLA, USC sorry, did not play that great. But Gonzaga had 21 assists. And USC only had nine assists. Mm -hmm. So that means they really passed the ball well. And um, since UCLA is coming off, like, some big wins, I wouldn't be surprised if Gonzaga won. It'd be super cool to see UCLA, the 11th seed in the championship. Don't get me wrong, but I just think that Gonzaga is a great team. They had 38 rebounds against USC to USC's 27 Mm -hmm. rebounds. So the Zags out-rebounded, out-passed USC. It wasn't a great game, like I said, but it's still some things from their latest game to pick up on. And they passed well. They rebounded the ball well. They shot uh, 50% field goals. So it will be interesting to see that game, but I think Gonzaga is going to pull it out. And, and one thing about it, too, um, they say they've had a week to prepare pretty much. Yeah. You know, that, that that could be a big advantage, I think. And Cronin's a very good coach. Well, obviously, all four of the coaches are great coaches. And I will put this out here for any of you Beaver fans out there. I don't know why they came out of the one zone 
That's what brought him back. They had, they had Houston totally frustrated, and then they went to man-to-man and they lost the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Houston, the next Final Four game is number one seed Baylor versus number two seed Houston. So, Bob, who are you taking in this matchup? Well, from the very beginning of the year, um, Baylor's been my team. And uh, I like their three guards. I like how hard they play. I like that on any given night, anybody can be the, the leading scorer. And I love how they're just ball hawkers. They, they really work hard on defense. And I, I've got to think that, um, you know, I really think that they're the only team that can give Gonzaga a game. Although I'm hoping that Cronin's smart enough on UCLA to, to switch up defenses, maybe to do a little pressure on Gonzaga. You know, as Gonzaga presses at the start of the game, they do like a like a one-two press, and they just kind of don't let you just walk the ball up. You know, and I think when you're coaching, when somebody does it to you, you got to do it to them. Yeah. You know, if you're getting pressed, press back. Because, you know, they're basically Gonzaga saying, you know, we're tougher than you. But um, anyway, back to Houston and Baylor. I want Baylor. I like to see Baylor uh, win this game. But the one weakness they could have is they do depend on the three-point shot a lot. And if and they did go ice cold that one game, which game was that? Was it Villanova? I Our can't game? remember. Anyway, they, they were cold. It was Villanova. At the start of the Villanova game, they were like, I think they were two for 15 or something. They still won. But in the second half, they came out and started, you know, going inside more. So if they shoot well, I think they'll have no problem. Um, so before I make my decision, um, so I'm going off of Baylor's – so actually, so I'm going to pick Baylor, They're the number one seed. I think they played really well. Some stats from their last game against number three seed Arkansas was that Baylor had five more threes. So if you do five times three, you have 15 points mm-hmm. off, of, off of threes. Um, Arkansas had three – or Arkansas, sorry, Arkansas had 15 turnovers and Baylor had eight, so they played well. They had good defense, and then their number one scorer was their guard, number 31, had 22 points. So I think Baylor has played well throughout the tournament so far. It will be interesting to see how they match up against Houston because they're kind of getting a good matchup because they've played – I mean, they've played a three seed, which was the highest seed that they've played so far in like one, two, three, four, whatever. So I think Baylor will beat Houston. So my championship is going to be Gonzaga versus Baylor. And that's same for you, Bob. So who do you have winning the whole tournament? I have Baylor winning it. I, I you know, I know that, um, you know, Gonzaga gets all these transfers. You know, the one kid, number three on Gonzaga, the good guard, he played two years at um, Florida and averaged 11 points in the ACC. So, you know, they've got some, they've got some journeymen on, on Gonzaga, but I, I think Baylor is the one team that can, you know, not be out quick. Um, they're not going to, they're not going to quit playing. And, you know, I think they'll attack Gonzaga where Gonzaga is not, they, they usually do all the attacking. And I, I think they're smart. I don't know if they'd play zone, but I'd love to see them put some three quarter court, pressure on them the whole game just just to you know make them have to walk not, just not walk the ball up the court yeah this is tough for me so number one seed Gonzaga versus number one seed Baylor would be my championship so far and in my bracket I picked Baylor to win the whole thing on uh, my March Madness bracket but Gonzaga's also a great team so if this is a championship this will be super fun to watch um 
but I think I'm just going to have to go with Baylor. I think they're going to give Gonzaga a run for their money because if they beat UCLA, then they have only beaten the highest seed that they've beaten was a five Creighton. So they really haven't gone against a four, three, two, Mm -hmm. like one. So if maybe Baylor will shock Gonzaga, they won't know what's coming. And I think Baylor will win the whole entire NC2A tournament. And because I'm old school, I want to see Baylor stop Timmy, uh, the post player for Gonzaga. Drew Timmy, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm surprised that – that uh, Mark Few lets him do what he does. I don't like him blowing kisses to the crowd and giving the you know giving his muscle signal and all that. So I hope Baylor just puts it right in his face. <laughs> yeah, he's also a pretty good passer, I believe. He's so, very good. He just he needs just needs to grow up. <laughs> so that would be a super fun matchup to see in the championship. So after all these games, Bob, what is your overall thoughts on the tournament so far, how it's gone, or what's happened? I think it's amazing considering they had to all be in a bubble in Indiana. I think it's amazing that, that you know, there hasn't been more COVID uh, positive testing, so they're doing a great job of that on top of the fact. Um, I guess this could, be, this could be the argument again about education, though. I mean, I'm, I got to believe, you know, these guys haven't gone to school either. So, um, yeah, I think it's been a great tournament. I, I love the fact that UCLA is a play-in team. You know, they're in the Final Four and they're a play-in team. They have to play in just to get in the tournament. And um, I think it's, you know, obviously the committee did a great job, but I don't know if they did a great job of seeding. I mean, you look at the final, you know, you got a one, you got what what, three one, uh, two ones and two and an 11. So, you know, that's pretty consistent. But if you look at the tournament overall, um, the lower seeds basically from like, you know, three to eight didn't have, you know, didn't have a lot of success. Um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, I, I got to think this is the most upsets there's been in a year with higher seed teams beating lower seeds. So I love it. I love the competition. It's really fun. Yeah, I was really excited because we didn't get a March Madness last year. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we got one this year and there were so many upsets and it was super fun to see these players play to their best, their best ability. And it's not over yet. We haven't seen the Final Four or the championship. So anything could happen. UCLA could beat Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Um, UCLA could win the whole thing. They started from the first four, so those are playing games. So they didn't even make it to the bracket. They had to play Michigan State just to get into the bracket. Now they're in the final four against Gonzaga, who's a great team. So I think it's just been super fun. I love March Madness. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see all the games and how they how different um, like teams ha- play defense and what works, what doesn't work. All like Ohio State losing to Oral Roberts was yeah. super fun. It was a bracket buster, but super fun. It was so fun to make brackets and play with my friends and family. So I think this March Madness has been a lot of fun, and I can't wait for what is going to happen next in the couple in the next few days. Well, Bob, thank you so much for joining me today. Yep, everybody, get your seatbelt on tomorrow afternoon and watch those games. Try not to yell too much. I got told to shut up the other night, so I, I kind of just watched the game. It was really, really difficult. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, you're welcome. 
hope you all did enjoy today's episode of the Sports Report with Ryan Midway Recap with Bob March Madness. It was super fun to talk to Bob and see his opinion on the tournament so far and also the predictions for how he thinks the tournament is going to end out. So I encourage you guys to watch the Final Four on Saturday and then the championship on Monday. I'm going to be watching them for sure. So I hope you guys will hit that subscribe button, leave a review, and I will see you guys in the next one. Thank you.